Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'll Be Back podcast. Uh, we are we're happy this week after <laughs> you know this time a week ago we were pretty down in the dumps with the team and everything, and it wasn't pretty at times, but we turned it around last Saturday with the win over Akron. Um, it went down what 14 nothing and then i think 17 7 at one point uh, uh i was watching the game at pub web which love the place uh the owner sam webb has been nothing but great to me and my one buddy Jonas, who go there for a lot of temple sporting events um but when it was 14 nothing uh <laughs> i was i'm sure most of you know it the ah shit here we go again meme uh that was kind of how a lot of us were feeling on um Saturday and fortunately the team I figured they were better than Akron but at the same time after how they did against Rutgers you know it could have been a game where Akron just sneaks by us and we don't pull it off but we you know they got a spark the defense came in hot um when they needed to and made some some big plays oh by the way I'm drinking a a small Tito's lemonade this week uh, very refreshing, and it's still almost 90 degrees in the middle of September. Um, I don't know if it tastes so good because I, I just got done cutting the grass a little bit ago, or uh, my dad uses fake sugary lemonade. Either way, good. Um, but, yeah, so the defense, <laughs> back, to, back to the game, the defense made uh, a couple big plays when they went down 14-0 uh, uh, between uh, Quenku, I believe, had the fumble recovery, returned for a touchdown, and then Manny Walker had uh, pretty much the definition of they threw you the ball, you know, he's a D end and he just, I, I think he jumped six inches off the ground and put his hands up and had a return touchdown, uh, definitely changing the game. But when it was 14, nothing, I mean, their offense was kind of coming down and driving on us and uh, our, our offense did not look great to start second week in a row, the offense and defense both kind of started out slow uh, especially the offense I was a it's just looked like we we stuck to those swing passes real early it was like two yards backwards hoped that Jaden Blue and Randall could Randall Jones could kind of make moves and the blocking just wasn't there for him at first and then we figured out that if we just call that um it's essentially a wide receiver uh sweep or reverse almost but because Lynch throws the ball half a yard forward to Jones on that uh I think it was ESPN had a highlight. It's like Jones hauls in 70 yard pass. And I was like, whoever made the headline for this did not watch the play. Cause it's essentially a handoff that Lynch goes half a yard forward. And uh, I mean, then he did the rest. He ran 70 yards for a touchdown. And I think when that happened, that's when you could see we had at least some of the better players in the game and some of the bigger, faster players in the game. And uh, I wasn't too worried after, uh, after a couple of big plays really went in our favor. Um, so yeah, it was a good, good win. 45, uh, 24 was the final should have been 45, 17 kind of gave up a, you know, I mean, I don't want to say a BS touchdown in the end, but just, you know, it's going to happen. And he had a, a pretty good cushion and Akron scores to make it a little closer, but I think the 45, 17 would have looked even better in the sight of, you know, people who watch the scoreboards and um, stuff like that. So um, but overall, Justin Lynch, 19 for 23, uh, two touchdowns, um, ran for a touchdown as well. So three touchdowns on the day for a freshman quarterback, not too much to complain for. 
245 yards isn't crazy. I mean, uh, 10.7 yards per uh, throw. And, you know, like I said, 70 of that was on the Jada, uh, Randall Jones, essentially uh, shovel pass. Um, so you can see the rest of them were a little, uh, I don't want to say safe throws or conservative throws, but Lynch did well with what carry gave him. I mean, four incompletions, you still got to put the ball where it needs to be. Even at, like I said, at the beginning, it looked like some of those were just kind of backwards dump off pass with passes that weren't maybe a gain of one gain of two um, rushing the ball. I thought Rayvon Bonner looked good up the, you know, between the, they say between the tackles, he was pretty much just between the guards. It looked like, uh, you know, the halfback dive really had a couple of carries 62 yards. Um, I mentioned Lynch had a touchdown and he ran for 34 yards. I know he's not as fast as Mathis, but appears to be athletic. Um, and the knock on Russo, he was not the athletic QB that Carrie likes to run his offense. So whether Lynch is going to be the guy three, four weeks from now, if Mathis is back healthy, um, but you got to like, for the most part, what you saw out of him. Um, I mentioned receiving Randall Jones, seven receptions, 170 yards, all the, uh, 70 of those came on that one big play, but he, he does have two touchdowns um, in the game. Uh, Jaden Blue, uh, like, yeah, five catches, 12 yards. So uh, I'm not making up the, you know, swing passes that uh, I've been talking about. But clearly, if I think going into the year, him and Randall Jones are our two best receivers. It looks like uh, Blue, this game, it is what it is. I, I don't think he's uh, now our fifth best receiver because he had one bad, you know, five for receptions, I still got him the ball a lot, but uh, the 12 yards is what catches my eye. Um, Darius Pittman, I actually think can now step up because um, David Martin Robinson looks like he'll be out for a little bit. Uh, I think Pittman might be kind of the next guy on that tight end depth chart. So I could see him making some plays down the way. He had one catch for 11 yards. Um, and then, as I mentioned, the defense really kind of turned this game around with the two defensive touchdowns. Uh, when you're down 14 nothing, and then you you know 17 to seven get another one. Um, George Reed had a hell of a game, 10 tackles, uh, six solo. Like I said, Quenku actually was named uh, American Conference Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, two sacks, three tackles for losses, uh, and two fumble recoveries. One of which was a touchdown. Um, so team looked a little better. I thought special teams. I, I guess you could say better. It looked like they actually let them return a couple kicks for, you know, first time it seems like in forever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Davon Fox had four kick returns. Or, oh, sorry, as I'm clicking on links over here on ESPN.com. Uh, uh, Fox had four kick returns for 77 yards and uh, – Ahmad Anderson Jr. had a punt return. So overall, not bad. And I guess now we should get on to uh, this upcoming week's game. Um, we play Boston College. Um, they had some injury news. I'm going to mispronounce the hell out of his name, I think. Phil... Jerkovic, uh, unfortunately had season ending hand surgery last week or this 
week, I guess it was Monday, it was announced. So we heard his hands on Saturday and then on Monday, uh, posted on Instagram, uh, getting surgery and it'll be season ending. So Dennis Grossel is their backups quarterback who actually has had a decent amount of playing time for them over the years. Um, I actually looked this up. I was trying to see, you know, coming out of high school, his uh, ratings, and he was a preferred walk-on at Boston College. Um, I think he originally, I saw he committed to uh, Butler, I want to think it was. And uh, as a sophomore in 2019, he started seven games, was 75 for 155, uh, 48% passer rating for 983 yards, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, He also had 209 rushing yards. Last year, he actually did not start. He mainly only played in one game. He appeared in three games. And in the last game of the year against Virginia, he threw for 520 yards, um, which I think I saw on one of the websites that it tied a record by Doug Flutie for most yards in the game. However, I think they lost the game by a lot, and he was just airing it out. So thus the 520 yards. Um, So... Does that change the outcome of this week's game? Uh, I'm not going to pretend here to know too much about Boston College other than the fact that they are 2-0. and They beat Colgate and UMass. Um, one was 60 to a lot, 60 to a little, and last week was like 45, closer to our score, 45 to, um, yeah, 51 nothing week one, 45-28 week two. So they can put up points with, their original starting quarterback, so let's see how they do with their – I mean, last week their backup still played. Dennis uh, played and was uh, in that game as well, and they put up some offense. So, um, I don't know. This will be a toss-up. Let's see what we got. Um, thinking – I'm going to be honest. I think we lose. But I kind of hinted at this last week. You, maybe you go out and you beat Wagner next week. So you're two and two after a month into the year, not the end of the world. Would I love to pull off an upset this week? I do uh, love to see a great big home crowd for the first game uh, at the link with fans in over a year. Uh, So all of you guys, all of our listeners, (laughs) please go to the game. Hope you can make it. Hope to see you there. I will be there. Um, I have a wedding in Scranton Friday night, so I'm going to really wake up earlier than I should and drive right back down. Uh, already looked it up on the GPS. It's about two hours and 13 minutes to the link from Scranton. Um, so I'm going to go right there. Uh, and yeah, it'll just be fun. Could be good, good atmosphere. I think good to be back. Hoping, uh, like I said, get a good crowd. I know Temple fans are not always the, it's not like we have a, a big atmosphere a lot, but first game in this long, I'm hoping. Um, 12 o'clock start, I know, is sometimes tougher, especially all the college kids always complain about that. Uh, and I, hey, I went to Temple, and it wasn't always the best waking up and trying to catch the subway at 9, 10 a.m. to go tailgate for two hours before the 12 o'clock game. Um, so you try to wake up at 7 or 8. And <laughs> like most college kids, that does not always happen. I could do it. I still try to do it, and it doesn't work for me often. But, you know. You just got to be a trooper and go out. Got to keep cheering on the team. Um, so we'll see what happens this week. I, obviously, like I said, the QB change for them maybe shifts uh, in our direction a little bit, the outcome of the game. Um, hopefully the team 
builds off of last week's game and builds off of, you know, a little confidence boost for freshman quarterback, that defense, getting some defensive touchdowns. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, I didn't realize this uh, at the time until listening to um, somebody else, Pat Kraft, maybe. Well, you know, I wonder if he'll be at the game. Kind of forgot about him being there. And we'll also have a couple, uh, they have a couple of guys on uh, from our team. I believe Isaiah Graham Mobley um, is up there. So not quite the Rutgers transfer portal edition of drama, but a little something, something. Um, and we're not playing Steve Adazio, who was Boston College's coach. So I don't think there's any hard feelings on that because they've already moved on from him as well. And it looks like uh, they're doing really, really good without him. Uh, looks like the, that program is trending in the right direction. So another reason why this game could be maybe not in Temple's favor. Um, uh, I guess we'll, we'll take a little dive into conference realignment uh, shit. I guess is the only word to use. Um, could be not looking great for Temple in that field. Hoping that we lost out on the Big 12 offer, which thinks was hoping we could have poached the Big 12, which has not happened. Do you go the route of the American Conference just tries to find, I mean, thinking of teams available. Do you go with the Liberty, Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State route, which are three good teams, up-and-coming programs, how much money their athletic departments spend, how much, um, you know, do you consider them for the conference? Uh, I don't know. That's it's for presidents and our athletic director when we do get one it, uh, based off of uh, – what we have right now, Fran Dumphy, the interim is not making those decisions for us uh, or advocating, I guess. So as soon as Wingard um, appoints his guy and it sounds like he's, I would say by Halloween, let's go with that. That's my official prediction by Halloween. I think Wingard has an athletic director. He's got to do it before the end of football. And if you can, before the start of basketball season, you know, you can't go too the biggest money-making prioritized sports without an athletic director. So uh, that was a tough pill to swallow as it has been for Temple the last three, four, five times of conference realignment. I have seen people argue, just cut the football program or go independent and go back to the A-10. And that is just such a backwards move that I don't know why people are addressing it, but you know, people have made, I've, I'm sure I've made dumber comments on this show. So but I don't, I don't think that's the idea. I think you stay in the American at least. Um, try to prove yourself to get the call from the ACC. But football and basketball, Aaron McKee and Rod Carey or whoever Rod Carey's successor is, albeit if he moves on because we're so good that he gets another job like most people in his position have, or he uh, gets fired, which – think last week saves him a little bit uh i kind of did like a fake twitter mailbag question and uh, a couple of you responded that was one of them so i'll get to that in a little bit um so we'll see uh but yeah conference realignment just watching it happen and not being involved in the conversation um is just tough to swallow so 
Big 12 uh, makes their move and AA, the American has to replace UCF Cincinnati. Um, um, and BYU's going as well. Um, so some of the, I was surprised Memphis didn't get the call. You know, it was uh, not that we should have, but uh, Memphis has to be pretty upset. <laughs> if I'm them, that's not good. They have big name recruits in basketball, football. They're doing great. Um, and yeah, so if the American tries to keep Memphis, that should be probably their main priority at the moment. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll, we'll get into the, um, like I said, a fake mailbag that I did. Um, we'll start with, uh, Temple tough FB at off the hook three. Uh, if TU loses this one ugly again, like 56 to 10, uh, do we let their, uh, we let it rip with firings? Um, look, I, I, Rod Carey, first week was I was very much so in on the you know fire them you know if we lost to Akron 45 nothing I was probably gonna say make the call he won a game saves his job a little bit BC is good and we might not win again try to keep it respectable um if that makes sense um I don't think they do just because Rod carries owed like four million dollars in a buyout uh the good thing is we're getting coaches that are being paid more, although some people would disagree that Rod Carey should be paid that much, but his buyout is still too much. Uh, unless Wingard really does, you know, if we had the athletic director and Wingard was really gung-ho, which it seems like he is going to be, um, I don't think he makes that call though without an athletic director. So the athletic director being hired and then at the end of the year, Wingard's pressuring, you know, the athletic department like we need changes quick we need you know if Wingard's saying get an on-campus stadium get the next conference realignment go in our favor that's when Carrie gets fired but for right now this season just it is what it is for him so I think he's going to survive this year no matter what I mean unless they go they really have to lose like three four in a row that badly and after last week with Akron I think he he has shown that they have some talent on this team um so we'll see. Uh, next question from Temple Fan Owl at Temple Fan Owl. Who is his name? Uh, QB2 on BC. Grossel seems like a solid backup. Uh, since he's QB1 for them now, what are our thoughts on the game? Uh, kind of touched on this already. Like I said, he's, he's got a lot of playing time uh, already with uh, this team. And he, I think he's going to be a good player. And I, I don't think he moves the needle too much in Temple's favor. It's not like they're walking out a redshirt or a, not a redshirt like a true freshman who was a two-star recruit who only had offers from you know division two schools it seems like he's a at this point a well-rounded player for that program and has a lot of time in the program so maybe it shaves you know if you're a betting guy i'll say it goes the spread goes from 10 to 7 or something like that but or maybe 13 to 6 i don't know but other than that i'm not too thinking it's uh yeah, uh, he's still a good player. He's Grossel seems based on paper, not not saying I've uh, scouted him a lot, but so next question from uh, B Mohan, B Mohan Brian, 
Uh, this year's recruiting class expect to be small with few players leaving. What are the remaining priorities for the coaching staff? Uh, this is a really good question, and I, I love doing the recruiting aspect of it. I, I really didn't get into it too much this summer. Um, the first year that I did the podcast, I really followed basketball and uh, football recruiting more, and maybe part of it is because the transfer portal uh, halted some recruiting and COVID halted recruiting. Um, but I would say if they're the team that lost 61 to 14 to Rutgers, uh, one of the remaining priorities for the staff, I'd say everything if they're that team. If they're the team that last week looked a little better, had more, you know, the bigger, stronger guys than a team like Akron, uh, I'd still say the defensive line, offensive line could be used using some extra players. And part of that is I think the offensive line Temple fans might have just overrated at first. Um, not saying they're bad. Um, and the D-line just lost so many guys to, you know, injuries in the transfer portal that, that they need to kind of re-up one way or another. Um, it will be interesting. I think you might get, you know, some of those guys who are a redshirt senior this year. Redshirt senior would be a redshirt senior, but now they're redshirt junior. Sorry, I'm rephrasing this wrong. There would be a redshirt senior, but now they're redshirt junior. They got the extra COVID year. Um, I could see a lot of those guys maybe leaving. So until you know what the, that happens, and that could be like, you know, just like Anthony Russo left and uh, he had that extra year. So he's going to use it to go somewhere else. You could get some of these guys that make those tough calls like, hey, this coaching staff has been good to me, but I do want to see where else I can go to. Um, so there, I think more people might leave than uh, the Brian is implicating here. Uh, I, I would say if blue and uh, Jones are two guys looking at the NFL uh, and maybe one of if those guys are thinking about leaving and seeing what their draft stocks like, you know, you could look at uh, needing another receiver. Um, but you, it, it seems like Jeff Collins really left this team in the dumps with the offense and defensive line position. So uh, my, my cop out answer is going to be the, the lines uh, just to bulk up and get those, uh, those Midwestern, farm guys as hopefully rod carry can do um and alex call who awesome guy uh rod carries leash after two weeks of a very different football uh similar to the first question um a little worded differently the leash uh yeah the i'm gonna say it he definitely helped himself out a lot by getting a win i think uh he saved himself uh from getting the hot seat really going but uh, as I mentioned, his buyout is just, it's going to be too much. I think if they end up going two and 10, that's when that conversation really, really starts. If they still finish four and eight this year in a, you know, already was going to be a building year, Carrie's seat isn't hot, hot. It's warm. It's definitely, he can't go four and eight next year, but if they're four and eight this year, and then they go to six and six next year, that's, I think net, this time of year will be really the uh, make or break kind of point for carry but as of now i think he does stick it out this year um i've been saying the best case scenario is we go nine and three and if you really don't like rod carry he'll get hired somewhere else because that's what keeps happening with all of our really really good coaches um but he needs to go nine and three first let alone you know the first year was eight win season but that was with um a bunch of other group of players but anyway thanks guys for listening this week uh had a lot of fun doing the the mailbag thing just kind of made it a little easier to do a solo show. Um, and 
uh, I'll see you guys down there Saturday. I, I will uh, let you guys know where I'm tailgating at. Usually get around K30, 29, 31, that range. So uh, like I said, I have a wedding Friday night in Scranton. So I'm shooting straight to the stadium, get there as soon as I can. Uh, I'll tweet out exactly where I'm parked and uh, feel free to walk over. Um, but other than that, guys, as always, I will be back.